Welcome to Cards Chat, the friendliest poker podcast in town from the world's number one poker community. Hey everyone, I'm your host, Robbie Straczynski. Thank you so much for joining us on episode number 115 of Cards Chat, the friendliest poker podcast in town. Today's guest is a poker player, a gamer, and a poker star's ambassador. Georgina James, otherwise known as GJ Reggie, is a Twitch streamer par excellence and an online poker primarily, but she recently won her first Spady trophy at a live event, uh, the PCA in the Bahamas. With a magnetic personality, thousands of followers on social media channels, and a prosperous poker career yet to stretch in front of her, we're excited to have her on the show to get to know her a little better. GJ, welcome to the Card Chat Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for the kind words, Robbie, and uh, happy to be here. Oh, it's good to see you, good to, uh, to speak with you. We did recently meet at that Poker Stars event, but mm-hmm. sort of like, you know, ships passing in the <laughs> night. So we never really got a chance to talk. And uh, yeah. I'm happy we get a chance to, to rectify that right now. Yeah, me too. Cool. And, uh, you know, your accent, you know, the room decor doesn't give it away for those watching. You know, if you're not listening, it's beautiful room decor. You can't necessarily tell where you are, but the accent gives a little bit of a clue uh, somewhere in the UK. Yeah, I'm from the UK, um, based in Cardiff in Wales. In Cardiff in Wales, lovely. I haven't heard much of the Welsh uh, accent, but it's uh, very endearing, so I'm looking forward <laughs> to hearing more of it. Um, let's start with your first ever live poker tournament victory. Uh, it came on a really special day for you at the PCA. You won the $330, uh, $330 um, buy-in women's event uh, for mm-hmm. $6,500. Uh, you looked really happy. In that winner's picture, <laughs> what did it feel like to win that trophy? Uh, I was I was really happy to uh, to win. Of course, I mean it's always great when you uh, when you win, right? Sure. Um, I think uh, I think it was I think it just meant a little bit more because I, I had so many people on the rail and just kind of the circumstances leading up to leading up to the win and uh, getting that trophy because I've been I've been playing for for so long over the last two days as well. Um, and uh, yeah, I, it's it's my first ever live tournament win too, and to do it in the Bahamas in the at the PCA was uh, was pretty special. Yeah, I couldn't couldn't agree more. It's definitely <laughs> a, a wonderful place and nothing like that first time. Um, when you were forehanded, there were you had three opponents all from Canada. Uh, just yes. wondering, is there a little bit of a, a partisan feeling of like, <laughs> oh, I got to win it for Wales? Or something like that, or is it just you know really uh, you know player to player uh, you know uh, to combat at the felt? Yeah, I um I, I knew that all three of my opponents at that point were uh, Canadian, but it, it definitely wasn't um any particular sort of national pride that made me want to win more. At, at the uh, the final table, all the ladies were super friendly. They were really nice and uh, very chatty all day. So I was uh, I was pretty happy. <laughs> right. Well, you know, it's funny. It's funny you say exactly that. And of course, you know, Canadians are very very friendly. That's what they're known for. It's in their uh, blood, along with maple syrup. And, you know, it's often said uh, that, you know, ladies tournaments really do have a, it tends to be much more friendlier and uh, Mm. atmosphere than, you know, open and open tournaments. Yeah. I'm wondering, though, as you get closer and closer, you know, you're down to the final table, down to the final four. Does that sort of fade away a little bit and there's a little bit more competition or that really does last all the way till heads up? 
I mean, I think the table was still pretty friendly and pretty chatty at that point, but you could kind of tell that the the, the, the little bit of seriousness, a little bit of intensity took over because everyone still wants to win and you're so close uh, at that point when, when you get to the FT. So I think um, I think the table was still friendly, but maybe just a little bit less lively, if you will, in terms of all the, the banter and the chatter at that point. But the thing is, as well, it was also quite late at night. So everyone's a little uh-huh. bit tired as right. well um, <laughs> at this point. So, yeah, it was a, it was a mix of both. Right. Okay. I mean, it's not maybe your first live win, but obviously not your first win ever, not your first uh, final table mm-hmm. or anything. Most of that and all of that had basically been online, though. So, how mm-hmm. do you feel your online experience helped you specifically at this table, or was it just a completely different animal? Um, I think uh, I do think playing online kind of helps um, when you're when you're playing live. Like you say, it's a it's a position that I, I've been in before um, in some cases, uh, particularly in the, the women's events that I did quite well during WCOOP in. Um, but uh, yeah, I think at this point, it, was, it wasn't it was necessarily the online experience that made me comfortable. I think it was the fact that we've been playing for so long. I kind mm. of settled into the role at the table. I was kind of aware of all the other people that I was playing against. And um, it, I I felt over time and just more practice from playing live. I I just was more focused at the table and I um and I felt I think I felt confident at this point, which was which is kind of nice. I don't always feel that confident at a live table when I don't have that much experience. Right. Well, ha- having a big stack definitely helps. So you have a little bit more of a comfort zone. So that's for sure. Um, yeah. So, you know, women's events, they get talked about a lot, you know, obviously mm-hmm. a great tool, a great way to bring more women into the game. We know there mm-hmm. aren't necessarily certainly not one-to-one you know a man and women yeah. balance um and you know for a very long time we're always trying to attract more women players to the game i'm wondering do you see it even as an issue that needs rectifying and if so then mm-hmm. what would your sort of if could make make a, a, a magic wand how would you <laughs> you know go about attracting more women to the table or it just sort of is what it is, and those who play great, and those who choose not to play, no. Um, I do think I do think it's like, uh, and oh, saying it is a, an issue sounds kind of um, strange, but I do think it's um, it would be great to have more women in the. Uh, in the game, I do think the numbers are lower than they they should be, than they okay. could be, um, in um, in terms of like percentages and stuff, because it's. I know that a poker doesn't necessarily appeal to a lot of. Um, uh, a, a lot of women I think it's an option that many just don't even consider maybe mm. it as a, a hobby or as a career because it's just not something that you're ever exposed to or um, necessarily marketed at um, from uh, uh, from that perspective so yeah a lot of a lot of my friends who um, uh, who I think could be good at poker, could enjoy poker, would, would probably never even consider it. Like even if they go on a night out and, you know, they they come across the casino, they wouldn't they wouldn't even look at going in, if that makes right. sense. Like it, it's not an option in, in their mind. So I think um I think we could do a lot better to uh, to bring women into the game. In terms of what sort of a magic or miracle formula to to do that, I, I don't really have a good answer. I think if there was a really good answer, someone would have done something about it by now. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Because <laughs> um, it's been so long and it's been a topic of discussion in the poker world that's been running for, for just an incredibly long time. And um, uh, yeah, if there, I, it almost feels like if there was a um, a really, really miracle solution to uh, to combat this that it would have happened. Um, I think a few of the things 
that's um uh that thing that like especially live events and things could do to help with women's events um uh, to help women sort of feel more comfortable uh are things like making sure that um making sure they have uh, you know like a zero tolerance for things um like uh like abuse at the tables and things like that just making sure that there's a hard line um and that and then people know that there's a hard line knowing that the the dealers and the full staff and the um the team that run the event are available to speak to because i think a lot of the time when these things happen um you don't necessarily have full trust that someone's going to do something about it mm. if that makes sense and yeah. and it, when um and when you don't when you aren't really quite sure who to turn to who to speak to where to go for help it's kind of almost hard to speak up and you're like oh well it's just another one of those things we have to put up with being a woman in poker sure. uh so i think knowing that there's support there like making sure that um that the women who come play know that know that there's support there know that there's people to speak to um know where to go and how to find that i think that would be really helps it's not always the easiest to know when you go to an event that you're unfamiliar with and you you don't know the people at Right. It's um, a good, it's a good uh, recommendation. I want to also sort of like uh, interject, you know, like the, you know, like I think the, they always say like five to 6% uh, of the playing population in live events is women. One thing we're trying to do here on the Cards Chat podcast, trying to get as much representation as we can. I'm very proud to say, you know, maintained a, a good 25% rate of our guests have been women and we're trying to make sure we, we get that exposure. And, you know, I, I will admit as well, you know, it's almost like a, a go-to question. Oh, as a woman, you got to ask the women yeah. question. And, you know, <laughs> it, it is a little bit tried and, you know, I will admit to that. But at the same time, I do think that by continuing to bring it up, especially among, uh, you know, with uh, the more prominent mem female members of the poker community, uh, the message does get through. You know, you hear it often enough, then, you know, and then you see these pictures of women mm -hmm. winning trophies, like that is a good thing, generally speaking. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we are, I think, at least over the last couple of years, seeing uh, an increase in the numbers. And I think that's, you know, uh, overall a good thing. So I will apologize for the question, but no, it is kind great. of a, an obligation uh, to ask, uh, you know, so that, that's the yeah. women's thing. I do have to ask this one. I don't normally ask the Welsh poker scene. I'm not aware of what. Right. what can you tell us about uh, the poker scene in Wales besides on poker stars and online? Um, I, I mean, I'm not aware of a particularly strong Welsh poker scene <laughs> myself uh, either. Um, so Cardiff, where I'm based, is like, well, one, the biggest city um, in Wales. And then you've also got Swansea, which is not too far away as well. Uh, there are... Um, there are like casinos and card rooms um, near where I live, but I, I don't think it's necessarily a particularly um, thriving scene, if you will. Okay. And um, I I know that there's, um, uh, I think they, I think like a lot of people run sort of home games and things like that here. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't think it's particularly busy. You'd, you'd probably have to move to England if you wanted, <laughs> if you wanted more action, if you will. Fair. Okay. And for the <laughs> geographically challenged among us, uh, you know, my, myself being one of them, I know it's in the United Kingdom, but if you yes. were to want to travel from Cardiff to London, how long would that take by, by rail or car? Uh, so I usually take the train and it's like two hours, basically. Okay. Um, a little bit longer door to door for me, but uh, yeah, it's Cardiff to London is around two hours. Okay. So this, it's, if you really want to get a good game yeah. going, it's not too far away for you. Yeah, it's not too far. <laughs> okay. 
well, uh, you did cash twice uh, on the live circuit last year in 2022 yes. uh, in England at the EPT, uh, at the UK IPT events. And one of them in particular uh, that I want to sort of open up here, uh, that wasn't an eight game mix event. Uh, you know, mix yes. games, it's a relatively small niche uh, within poker, but, uh, you know, everyone who knows me knows that I love them. Uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> tell us uh, a little bit about uh, your, your fondness for the mix. Yeah. So, um, my, my kind of fondness and love for the mix games really stems from, um, having to work with Pi, Mason Pi. Uh, he's also a, a streamer and, uh, former stars ambassador, but, um, he, we worked really close together when, um, uh, at the very beginning, we sort of joined the PokerStars team at the same time, and his, his entire brand is uh, the mixed games movement. So uh, he absolutely loves mixed games. It's basically the only thing he plays if he can help it. And uh, when we when we stream together, we'd um, we'd often play the same tables because I think it makes for a better viewing experience to be able to rail each other sweat and um, uh, sweat the games so i kind of got involved in the mixed games because of him because he played so many learned a lot from his stream and yeah and then i've just kind of uh, uh fallen uh, fallen in love with those uh, with those games and I, I play them all the time i really enjoy them and i think i would love to do more for mixed games as well not just sort of women in poker but uh to help promote the mixed games and and see more uh, more people getting involved in those oh, good stuff well obviously uh stars is the best of my knowledge, the one place where you can play the whole eight-game mix online. Uh, so it's definitely mm -hmm. a good place to uh, hone and practice your game, a good fondness for the Badoogie. That's always a fun yeah. one as well. <laughs> um, uh, and I mentioned, you know, you and I had met at the Bahamas. We did play in that same event, the $550 yeah. horse event. Um, I wrote an article about my experience. I had a really good time. Mm -hmm. For me, it's uh, much more of a one-off. I don't get to play them as often as I do like. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious what your experience was like uh, in the event. Uh, you know, some folks, oh, it's not like a you know 10k championship event, but <laughs> you know, to me, it's a pretty you know. I feel like I knew half the field. You know, some known names <laughs> and stuff. Uh, what's a what's a 550 horse in the Bahamas like for you? Yeah, it was really uh, it was really good fun. Um, when I uh, when I sat down at the table, I, I sort of looked around because I I regged. I think there was only maybe ten of us playing at this point, um, yeah. and uh, I I saw a few familiar faces that I'd seen at the other EPT stops uh, playing, and then there were some people that um, I, I didn't necessarily recognize, but I, I don't know a lot of the American Canadian players. Uh, and then I sat down for a while, started playing for a while, and then um, and then Greg Raymer comes and sits and registers and sits in the seat right next to me, which is yeah. uh, which is cool. Uh, we, I mean, he was very friendly. We had a really great chat and, um, uh, yeah, it was, uh, he was a fun character to have at the table and it was great to meet him and chat to him. And I got very lucky. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if this is being sort of recorded video wise as well, but, uh, it is, I yeah. actually managed to, um, knock him out of the tournament and gain his bounty. So he, uh, he in fact gave me one, oh, of, his, one of his fossils as well for taking him out in uh, in that one, which is pretty cool. That's so I didn't win a trophy or anything, but uh, I, I think that kind of counts as a neat little souvenir. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I would say so. Just to be clear, this was not a bounty event, but Greg does no. award the fossil to anyone yes. who eliminates him. Uh, if you want to learn more about Greg, he was uh, our guest on episode number 43 here on the Cards Chat Podcast. Definitely a, a wonderful person in general, great poker player, and someone fun to sit next yeah. to. Um, what's yeah. your opinion about the level of competition and sort of just the overall ambiance of play in a live mixed event versus a live hold'em event? 
Um, I think, well, I think the, um, the mixed games tend to be, tend to feel a lot friendlier, kind of a lot cozier in, uh, in general. And, and I've, uh, I almost feel like I've played enough of them now at the EPT stops that you kind of see familiar faces, you recognize a few people. So you, you almost have, um, a bit of a silent rapport with, mm. uh, with these people. Even if you haven't necessarily spoken to them before or played against them before, you recognize each other. You sort of glance like, okay, yeah, we're, yeah, we're both mixed game fans. It's cool. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> sort of thing. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, I always enjoy them. And, um, uh, quite often, yeah, it's quite often that you get to, to see people at the, at the table that you know, and it, it feels, it feels almost a little bit less serious somehow. Cause when you, when you sit at a Hold'em table, everyone, um, it, it, it feels a little bit more intense somehow, I, I think. <laughs> Got it. On the strategy side of things, do you approach it the same way or would you say that there are some tangible differences to navigating your way towards uh, you know victory in a mixed game tournament versus a hold'em tournament? Uh, I think in mixed games, um, you almost have to pay extra attention just to the, how the game is flowing just because you have to remember what game it is for a start and then mm. you've got games with uh the flop turn river but you some games are sub games some games some games are draw games and um when when it's changing so fast um and uh yeah and you have to remember what the limits are what the bets are at every, every at every stage i think you just require that little bit of little bit of extra focus to make sure you're paying attention to um, to what's happening, which game you're playing, um, who your opponents are, and things like that. Yeah, I, I would confirm that from the few few uh, mixed game tournaments I've played. I definitely uh, agree that that's an important thing. Uh, and I will just I'll put the plug in there because it's so damn good. I used it myself. <laughs> the Poker Stars Live app. Uh, you know, it's yes. like the whole brand. It's like it's super cool. And <laughs> when you're playing at those, <laughs> no one paid me to say this or anything. But yeah. just the fact that you have all of that information really there in your hand, you don't need to go searching for where the screen mm-hmm. is and where the blinds are, all that kind of stuff. And you could also hand in mob all your opponents. Oh, this GJ Reggie, what has she done? <laughs> that's that sort of thing. So it's definitely a very cool thing. Uh, kudos to the developers on that one. Um, you stream poker on Twitch, uh, where yes. 14,000 plus fans, they love your style. Um, mm-hmm. Recently, you did say, though, you felt a little conflicted because you enjoy it, but there's so many platforms that you have to update. You have to update Twitter and have to update Instagram. As a content creator, how do you decide what to prioritize as far as where your focus should be on the on the social media? Uh, I, I honestly think it's really hard. I don't really consider myself a natural social media person when it mm. comes to um sharing a lot of uh, a lot of these things uh so for me, for me personally i've got twitter and instagram are the two that i focus on in terms of uh, outputting uh, I don't know, content if you will um mm. but uh discord i i don't know if you you're um, super familiar with it discord I'm is familiar. like my um my internet home and probably where <laughs> i uh, where i spend the most time when uh, when i'm online i'm really lucky <laughs> to have cultivated um a really nice community uh, in there where people are very active. People chat all the time about all sorts, not just uh, not just poker. And yeah, I spend a lot of my time just or, or just always hanging out and chatting to people in there. So um, Discord definitely takes up most of my energy in terms of social media outside of the obviously actual physical streaming. And then, yeah, I would love to be better at Twitter and uh, Instagram, to be honest. Um, I don't really know why I sort of ended up focusing that way. That's kind of naturally just what I, what I lent towards. I do wish I was sort of a more prolific 
uh, photographer, if you will, and ah. uh, be and able to update with like videos and pictures on Instagram. Because I know people really enjoy following those, and it's something that, especially at live events, I'm trying better, like trying harder to um, to work on. Sure. Well, no, different strokes for different folks, and you know, plenty of I know myself, and I know of Discord. I know what it is, but not necessarily that active. <laughs> Uh, you know, on the servers, yeah. but, uh, you know, it's important to cultivate the audience wherever it feels most natural to you. Mm, um, yeah. You know, so like, what do you enjoy most about engaging directly with your fans and your audience? Um, it's just, it just, just feels like a very relaxed environment to, uh, to do it in um, because it's, it feels like there's just, just like less pressure. There always feels like there's so much pressure on Instagram to to take the best pictures, to film the best videos, to edit it, to make it look, to make it look um, incredibly appealing. And with Twitter, it always feels like sometimes that there's all this sort of pressure to farm engagement and likes and comments and this, that, and the other. Whereas Discord just feels like you're having a prolonged conversation, mm-hmm. right? It feels a lot more. It feels a lot more casual, a lot more natural, and um, and I prefer that. <laughs> you know, you're 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 turning me on to that. I think that's uh. <laughs> I think I should do a little bit more. No, you, you know, you're making a great case. It's a good, it's a very good point. Um, all right. Well, you know, anyone who plays poker or any game for that matter obviously wants to win. And that's something that, uh, you know, have a big passion for. You want to succeed, be the best uh, at the games. But let's go, you know, sort of back to your start of playing games in general. It's not just poker. You'd like all sorts of games. What's the first game you can remember saying, oh, this is cool. I want to be the best at that. <laughs> Um, I'm not really sure. First game, I, I mean, I've played, I've played video games pretty much, uh, pretty much my, my whole life, uh, from, you know, just like a, a Game Boy playing like Tetris and stuff to, um, like PlayStation games now. Uh, first game, I, I don't know. I've always loved like, um, puzzles, logic puzzles, like solving problems, things like, I don't know, even things like, um, Sudokus or crosswords or whatever, whatever it was, like something, probably something like really, really basic um but yeah like the sudokus and things and number puzzles like that are something that i've always enjoyed um since i was a child and uh i think that's sort of carried through now <laughs> and so you know lots of you know puzzles especially sudokus sometimes that you know I, I get it you know the different parts of your brain are active it can definitely challenge the mind sometimes you don't win though sometimes it's no. just like i can't figure this out how, <laughs> how do you deal with that how do you sort of overcome it and you know move on to the next one or break through and, and eventually solve the puzzle I, I mean if i was going to do one right now and i got really really stuck i would probably just take a break and then do it again tomorrow if that mm. makes sense that I, I usually think um because sometimes you get so stuck and frustrated in your own head you're like so focused in on the one thing that you can't solve that you sort of miss the rest of the bigger picture so if you kind of take a bit of a breather forget about exactly what the uh what the puzzle in front of you is gone and then come back to it tomorrow you're like oh wait i can't believe i didn't see that kind of thing um i i think that's probably the <laughs> the approach i would use if i got if i got really stuck on a puzzle like that sounds like good advice for poker as well as uh for life i would say so <laughs> <laughs> i like that one um you do play other games besides poker on twitch as well uh dungeons and dragons uh final fantasy uh, your community, you know, you're, they're there, again, not just to watch you play poker. Yeah. It's interesting, sort of the mix. Do you find that there's sort of like different people watching one game versus other game or it's folks who really just, you know, they're they're overlapping with you on the Venn diagram? Um, I, uh, I, 
I think it's a bit of both. I'm really, I'm really lucky that my, like, especially the solid core of my community, we kind of almost watch anything that I stream, which is super nice. That's really nice to have. Um, I would consider a lot of the people, especially the ones who hang out a lot on Discord, really good friends of mine. Um, I do think that the majority of the people who watch my streams for, for the Final Fantasy, for the Dungeons and Dragons, were there because of the poker mm -hmm. in the first place. I think the more I've streamed Final Fantasy, I may have picked up a few people who are just interested in watching that. But it's it is usually mostly people who are already in uh, the community who kind of don't who also enjoy video games, who also enjoy that type of content, um coming to coming to hang out. Sure. Well obviously uh, you know enjoying yourself, having a good time, engaging with the audience, you know, it's all part and parcel the whole experience, but uh, any sort of goals or ambitions in the, in the game playing video game realm and, you know, obviously in the poker realm uh, that you'd like to say, I did that, I accomplished that, want to get there. <laughs> I think in terms of like the gaming and the gaming streams, that's almost like, it's almost like my downtime um, mm -hmm. that I just end up streaming anyway. I don't think I really have any ambitions to um push that forward really uh, really hard uh the the thing with poker streaming is that the um the streams tend to be really long hours especially if you're doing well right in a tournament because tournaments last a long time and you have uh, a delay which mm. sort of um hinders uh, uh interaction with uh, with the chat and the audience uh um, quite a bit. So I kind of like the gaming streams just to relax and just to even give people an opportunity to chat like in, in real time sure. <laughs> because it feels, feels much nicer to stream or without delay. So that's kind of the purpose of those. And, um, I think having a sort of one gaming stream or uh, a week, something like that makes me almost more excited to play poker as well, just <laughs> to have that one day, one day break. And then you're like, okay, right. I'm ready. I'm ready to go again. Um, in terms of poker, uh, I would, I mean, I would love to win a, an online title. Um, I think that would be really cool. I probably had my best scoop at WQ results last year, um, and final tabled a few things, but then this year would be really cool to, to actually get the win. <laughs> I think that'd be, I think that'd be nice. Thank you. Thank you. And then, uh, I just want to be able to, be able to do this for as, as long as I, I, <laughs> I can, um, pretty much or set myself up to be able to have, uh, a long career in this, uh, in this industry. And, um, I, I think even though I, I have done well, um, I know people have been sort of talking a lot about the win in the Bahamas and in, in, in particular and, uh, and the results last year, I think I'm very, um, inconsistent when it comes to playing poker. I don't think I'm, I still don't think I'm, you know, particularly proficient at the game. Uh, I think I need to study a lot more because that's something I'm guilty of not really doing much of over the past few years. And I, I kind of told myself at the end of last year, sort of beginning of this year, that I would invest a lot more, um, uh, time and resources into trying to actually get better at the game. And I, I think having done well last year it was almost a motivator to like, okay, well, I know what I'm capable of now. Let's actually try and see how far we can get. Um, so, so yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to actually really, really try to get better at the game and be a bit more consistent when, uh, when I play and try and focus real hard on, um, on playing well. Do you see this as likely more of a self-study type of process, just going through like a training site on your own or perhaps working with a coach one-on-one -on -one or, you know, finding the right group of people to, you know, sort of commune with and, you know, put your questions to each other. What, what, what would your mm -hmm. ideal study process look like to get better that would be good for you? 
Um, honestly, I think a bit of all three. <laughs> um, trying a bit of all three because uh, I I have looked at getting some uh, some coaching because I think for me personally, I think I find it um, and for like the how how I learn, I think it's easier to be able to have a one to one conversation, be able to ask questions, be able to talk things out is a much nicer style of learning for myself. But then you can't get one to one coaching sort of all day every day, sure. really. So having it hangs up. Um, it's a big bill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, well, yeah, exactly. So uh, having having coaching maybe once a week or once every two weeks, and then maybe like you say, some sort of training course uh, videos to supplement that, because then you can do your own self study in your own time and then ask questions um uh once a week and then supplement that with sort of playing and maybe doing some of your own hand reviews for hands that you uh, that you aren't so sure of and then when it comes to reviewing hands as well i do think you can do that by yourself i think that's um i think that's great like uh, as a learning tool but it never hurts to get a second opinion or two so asking friends or players that you think are better than you to give yourself a different perspective uh, on uh, on things i think is good so yeah ideally a little bit of a little bit of everything i don't know if that's too ambitious or too much but that's what i'm going to try <laughs> Well, you said it uh, just to go back to the beginning of the show. I said, you know, we, you know, we were ships passing in the night, didn't get a chance to talk to each other much. You know, we've been mm-hmm. speaking for a, a good while now. And you are, I have to say, just being very honest, a delight to speak with, uh, you know, very, you <laughs> know truly, like very social. And the reason I'm saying it also is like that clearly translates as well to the fact that you're, you know, so highly engaged. And it's kind of like, this is your thing. You feel it feels like you get strength from engaging with your community, you know. And you said also, this is the type of thing you just want to do for as long as possible. I don't know that necessarily, I mean, this is a, a, an inherent human trait that you clearly have, a, you know, extrovert <laughs> type of thing, like, you know, talking to people, it's great. I, I kind of hang out all day. That's fun. You made a career out of it, which is wonderful. But I don't know necessarily growing up, it's like, I'm going to be a poker streamer someday, play <laughs> video games. What did you think uh, you were going to do growing up and in school? <laughs> um... I uh, I mean, I didn't really have, at least as a child, I didn't really have a set uh, thing in mind about growing up and what this would be, um, it, like what I would want to do. Uh, at least when I got to high school and I was choosing sort of a degree to do, a university to go to, I was a massive um, Formula One fan. I used to, I, I used to follow the Formula One scene very, um, very religiously. And I, I would read all the articles, like follow all the gossip and just uh, watch every race. And um, I, I studied engineering at university and at least, at least at one point, some part of me would have, would have loved to have been a formula one engineer for That's sure. Cool. Like in the pits <laughs> with the whole deal. Yeah. Just like, just like all of it, working on the car, designing wow. the car, going to the races. Cause it, it looks like, it looks like a lot of fun. I was really into F1 at the time and um <laughs> and yeah, that how things change. <laughs> wow. Well, in a sense, though, there is sort of like a tie-in because I know obviously Poker Stars yes. is, uh, is big <laughs> in the Formula One scene. Have you had a chance yep. to engage with that at all? A little bit. I went to um, I went to an event last year actually um, for uh, with the partnership with uh, Red Bull, of course, and it was sort of a, an event that um, celebrated the year that they had because obviously they had an incredibly successful season last year, and it was a celebration of their their partnership. So I uh, I went there, and um, James had an interview with Christian Horner, and we um, uh, there was a bunch of um, uh, people there, part of uh, Red Bull and uh, their charity partner. 
um, as well. And yeah, we played like a little poker tournament um, with uh, with these people too. It was a lot of fun, but that's kind of the only experience I've had engaging with Red Bull. Hopefully, maybe there's going to be more exciting um, things uh, coming from that partnership this year and I'll be able to get involved. <laughs> well, that's very cool. I don't know what those are. I have no idea, but it does lead very nicely into my next question. Because I was going to say, and I'm going to say, poker is going to be massive in Las Vegas this summer. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. the World Series of Poker is going to return to the Strip. And you told me uh, prior to this podcast, we were just talking on Twitter DMs, you've never been to Las Vegas before. And I'll also just sort of throw in, I'm sure you're aware that in November, there's a big Formula <laughs> One event in Las Vegas as well. Um, so I'm just kind of wondering, before we get into that, what has prevented you from going to Las Vegas until now? And, you know, when do you see yourself uh, sort of crossing that off the bucket list? Well, I um, I haven't really been around the poker industry for for that long, uh, really. So I've been doing this for about four, four and a half years now. And then uh, two of those years, we were sort of in a pandemic as well. Yes, so not a lot of traveling. We're, we're aware. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, do, I just haven't really, um, I just haven't really had the opportunity, uh, okay. to be honest, to uh, to be able to uh, to go, especially when I first started out in poker, you know, um, I, I was playing really small stakes and uh, and streaming and that took a lot of my that took a lot of my focus so yeah i would love to go to vegas i would love to um try out the world series one day I, i'm not sure this year is going to be the the one i i'm uh, pretty busy in general uh with a lot of um a lot of the live sh- live schedule particularly from poker stars um and uh yeah we'll see i would love to though one day maybe next year maybe next year's uh something that we aim for and then we actually try and make it happen nice yeah exactly once you put it on your list of these are the types of yeah. things i want to do and then it's just about a, a way of finding a way to make it happen. exactly um well you know you uh, mentioned of course you are a poker stars ambassador it's obviously a very big deal to many uh you know it's a career highlight to to work for you know, <laughs> one of the biggest companies in the business uh what does it mean to you to to be a poker stars ambassador and in what way do you feel it sort of shapes your you know, view and also your growth as a poker player? Um, I, I mean, a lot of the time I still think it's kind of surreal that I get the chance to to do so many, um, so many cool things. Yeah, it means it means a lot to be an ambassador for poker stars. And I think I'm very lucky to uh, not just had the chance to to join the team and work with them, but just the the opportunities it provides with it provides me. Um is uh more than I could have ever imagined doing in poker. Even just going to the Bahamas and like playing, playing all these uh all these live events is uh yeah, is really cool. Um uh so, sorry, what was the other part of the question then? Sort of like you know, how do you feel it sort of shapes your your view and perhaps your growth as a poker player being how it shapes company? how it shapes my view. I think um uh well I, I do think I'm a little bit um spoiled in in some sense with uh with everything that the poker stars has to uh offer um i think it uh i think it's yeah i think it's like kind of uh, funny because obviously you know there are other sites that people play on and there are other opportunities other live events uh and i'm gonna sound really like really biased but i do think poker stars hosts like the best live events and things that you could have and uh when i go to these events obviously know all the staff and all the people and, and we do get a little bit spoiled being a being a part of team pro so i it, it almost like uh, taints your perspective of going to other live events <laughs> and things like that because you have these you have these expectations that you've almost set for yourself because of uh because of what uh how well stars is run sure. um and how does it affect my growth i don't think 
I would have made it anywhere near as far as I have if it weren't for mm. their help. Um, just because, uh, just because of the um, amount of uh, like time and effort they've put into doing things to kind of like try and help me grow the stream, trying to help me grow as a player, and they they give you opportunities to. They've given me opportunities to play a lot higher, for example, during things like WCoop and Scoop um, by giving me tickets to uh, to help play and kind of generate some uh, some extra hype on stream for that uh, and to travel to live events and to just meet a lot of a lot of different people. And with um, I think without that, I, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have made it this far. Just like even in so much as just giving me like the confidence to to believe that I I can do a lot of the things that. Um, that uh that I've done over the last year so yeah it's it's really <laughs> it, it feels really surreal when you sort of say it all out loud um but That's yeah I'm very cool. lucky <laughs> cool. well, it's, I don't mean to put you on the spot though with the, with this next question but I do kind of okay. have to ask you know so many folks you know, say oh I'd love to do this love to do that when you're in a position as you are to you know because of being a sponsored pro with poker stars just by definition, have so much more of a wider platform. Obviously, that you know presents you with that much more opportunity. Given that opportunity, as you are, do you do you have any particular goals or ambitions in you know in ways that you want to be using this platform in the near and you know longer term future? That's um, that's yeah, that's like a really big <laughs> big we'll, question. We'll give you a time bank <laughs> on this one, and just remind everyone we've got one hundred and fourteen other. Great episodes here on the Park uh, Cards Chat podcast that we'd love for you to listen to, including other Poker Char- Poker Stars ambassadors. Uh, there's that number forty three with Greg Raymer, uh, and you know just a whole bunch of other wonderful folks. It is the friendliest poker podcast in town, and I believe we got the countdown now. Your time bank is almost up, DJ Reggie. <laughs> so, how would you like uh, to answer that preview question? Yeah, I think uh, I I do get uh, somewhat aware of the position I'm in and the the platform I have uh, a lot of the time. I think um I think I know we spoke about the sort of women in poker angle before. That's something that I would love to be able to um do more in. I'm it's the sort of thing that I'm always very conscious of that I always feel like I I don't um do I don't do enough uh in terms of trying to kind of help promote women in poker. I know poker stars have sort of got this power, this partnership now with Poker Power, which is cool. And they mm. did the boot camp leading up to um giving away a platinum pass in Prague. I really hope that's something that continues forward. Um in the Bahamas as well, we had two other um women join the team, which is amazing. <laughs> we uh we had um Froggy and Lally uh joining the team, which I think is uh which I think is great to have more representation on Team Pro as well. I do think Pokestars is um putting a lot of effort into trying um to do more in that aspect and growing the growing the game for women in poker. So I I hope I get the chance to be a bigger part of that over the next year. And then um I, and then I guess uh, I, I mean, like yourself, I also love mixed games. I think, I think even the last six months, I've somehow grown to love mixed games even more than before. And, um, I just think it's sort of underrated, <laughs> really, that not enough people know about it. And, yep. and uh, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's given enough of a chance in many cases. So trying to do more for mixed games and making people aware that they exist and maybe even just like teaching them the rules and uh, getting them, getting people involved would be, uh, would be really cool. Uh, but apart from that, I think, um, I think I'm just in a position to, um, to showcase that, uh, poker can be, 
the focus just kind of more than the game itself. At least that's what I think it is. Because it to me, it's it's all it's more, even more about the community and the social aspect mm. of things than just um, than just the poker. I I think in general society, there's this somewhat uh, I don't know <laughs> bad perception of what gambling and poker and poker people are like. When from my personal experience, all the people that I've had a chance to meet, to get to know, have, have been some of the nicest, kindest, most generous people that, that I know. And I think the people themselves get, uh, get a bad rep because of their profession. And I would love to somehow be able to showcase that poker is more than just the gambling and the, and the money and, <laughs> and the, the game itself, that it's, uh, that it's a super social game, that there's a lot of really good people. Um, in this community and that it's, um, it's, yeah, that it's just like a friendlier place than people realize. <laughs> well, that's an excellent answer, uh, if I do say so. And I'd, I'd like to believe that pretty much anyone listening to this episode uh, would certainly be nodding their heads uh, in agreement uh, with your assessment there. Uh, just a couple more questions of mine before we move on to the community questions from the Cards Chat forum okay. members. Um, you know, you, you know, are, as you said, uh, in a very fortunate position to be a poker stars ambassador for a lot of, you know, aspiring players that still very much is a goal to be a sponsored mm -hmm. pro, uh, to be recognized, picked out of the crowd and say, okay, we're going to, you know, we're going to put our, 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 yeah. our whole machine, uh, behind you. What sort of advice uh, would you give to someone out there, you know, who does have that as a goal? What sort of things should they be focused on uh, to oh. you know, create themselves an opportunity that that might happen for them? Oh, um, hmm, that's uh, that's really interesting. I think in this sort of day and age, a lot of um, a lot of the team team pros and ambassadors that uh, poker stars have um, are very much um, sort of. I want to say um, uh, focus on like uh, content creation and, and media. That doesn't necessarily have to mean uh, streaming, uh, for example. Uh, it could be sort of making videos on on YouTube or maybe even very being very prolific on Instagram. I do think there's a big focus at the moment uh, on on that side of like content creation. So I, I think a lot of it is about putting yourself putting yourself out there and. Um, making people uh aware of of who you are what you can do what you're capable of be it in terms of like poker skill or what you can offer because it's it's the sort of thing where um uh the ambassadors um we have a really nice mix of ambassadors i think that very much cater to a wide variety of audiences so it's sort of almost about thinking about what you could offer uh, what you could offer poker stars as well, what you can do and how much of a difference you can make and the kind of audience that you could, uh, you could generate. But yeah, putting yourself out there, doing some form of content is probably, um, uh, it's probably like the, the main focus of a lot of things when it comes to being an ambassador right now. <laughs> so sounds good. And uh, as far as like honing those sorts of skills, uh, you know, like, you know, obviously some of them are inherent personality traits, but you know, in poker, it's easy to say, oh, I'll just go ahead and get in the lab and study. How does one become better at doing those sorts of content creation sorts of things? Any types of resources that you've ever gone to and, and honed your skills at? Uh, for me personally, uh, no. When I first started streaming, um, I was very conscious of the need to give a good first impression mm. <laughs> um, and uh, and talk a lot. And, and try and engage a lot. So yeah, and and speaking speaking to people and things like that kind of comes pretty 
naturally to me. So it's not something I've necessarily had to work a lot on. But uh, yeah, I think um, I think listening well um, is uh, is a good skill, especially when you're talking to other people. Listening well, um, being being engaging, and being confident enough to um, to, to kind of put yourself out there and uh, are, are things that you can sort of try and try and actively work on. But then a lot of that just comes with practice. The more you the more you do it, the more comfortable you feel, and then the the better you can get at it. Nice. Well, speaking of folks who listen well and obviously also put themselves out there, now it's time to turn to the segment of the show where we turn <laughs> to our Cards Chat community to see what questions they wanted to ask our guests. Okay. Guys, we have a dedicated thread on the Cards Chat forums for this. So as we announce who our future guests will be, please be sure to send in your questions. Uh, Mart1194, thank you very much uh, for sending these questions in. Uh, GJ, Mart wants to know, what is the live poker event that draws your attention the most and why? Oh, that draws my attention the most. Um, I would probably say uh, EPT Barcelona. Um, it feels like the one event that I wouldn't want to uh, miss. I it, it was my first time going to EPT Barcelona last year and it's just, it's just so, like there's just so many people. Everyone goes to EPT Barcelona, it feels like. I'd never... Um, uh, I never kind of felt such a, a, a buzz before. I, re I remember arriving into the casino for the first time. I, this was um, the, the first EPT that um, that I attended where I was actually going to play in events. It was my first time actually playing an EPT. It was Barcelona last year. And I remember walking into the casino room, sort of picking up my, my uh, casino card or something. And then I'm just walking down the stairs and all of a sudden, there's, there's this like flood of people coming out. I'm thinking, what on earth is going on? And I just realized it was the main event break. And there was people <laughs> everywhere. Like I, I felt like I was absolutely swarmed and I had no, no idea what to do. But there was, I, I don't know, there was just like a huge buzz in the air and everyone seemed to be having a great time. And Barcelona is like such a great location as well. Um, so, so yeah, I'd probably pick, I'd probably pick Barcelona just because of the, the atmosphere of the event and, the um the fact that so many people there it's it's also an incredibly social event as well so yeah i had a lot of fun and i i wouldn't want to miss that this year <laughs> good pick i like it uh mart also wants to know mart 1194 which video game do you like the most do i like the most i've played so many uh over the years um i love i mean i, I know you mentioned it earlier but i do love the final fantasy franchise as a, as a whole i've played all the games from 7 through uh, through to 15 bar bar um the uh, 11 which was an MMO and yeah I it's a series that I grew up with as as a child I and I'll probably continue to play every single Final Fantasy that gets released as long as they keep doing them I I love the fantasy side of things I um I love the story and and the game mechanics I do play most of these games because I think the story is incredibly um uh incredibly engaging and just uh, captivates you quite easily so i would i would probably go with that as a as a series as a whole Got um it. yeah <laughs> and the last one from mart 1194 this is the rare question that i have to admit i don't exactly understand so i hope i get okay. this right what is the special reason for dragos oh does, I don't does know he what mean, that is does he mean dragons in perhaps, general perhaps <laughs> Because uh, I, I basically have a dragon as like my my mascot uh, of the um, of the stream, so maybe uh -huh. it's like a little bit of a typo. That's what that's what I'm gonna guess. <laughs> okay. Well, the E and the N are a little far apart on the keyboard, so maybe. But it's, 
Isn't the dragon also on the Welsh flag? Am I am I wrong on that? Yep. Yeah, exactly. So oh, nice. um, when I first started streaming, um, it's it's really exciting when you get your first emote. So <laughs> on on Twitch, you obviously have a have a lot of emotes. They're a big deal and a big part of like the the community and the ecosystem when it comes to streaming on Twitch. And uh, when you get your first emote or your first few emotes, it's really exciting. You're like, oh man, what should I make my first emote? And I had no idea what to do. And because um, a lot of the time you you just lean on um, different characteristics of you as a personal personality. And uh, I like dragons anyway, because of the whole sort of fantasy leaning thing. And then there's a dragon on the Welsh flag. So it's like, okay, well, let, you know, let's just make a dragon emote to be the first one. And nice. it's sort of um, followed through uh, the rest of my stream and channel being kind of like a, a focus that it's a mascot. And I, I don't know if it's just because of the stream or because I just kind of love dragons more now than I did before. <laughs> but um, I, I have like a, I have like almost like a collection of all these like little dragon related things around my room. So I've, I've, I've got like this, this little like baby dragon. Um, That's in a good a, card in a, protector. I like that. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I've got like another dragon model here and like different sort of pieces of dragon related artwork around the room now, which is, nice. which is nice. I like it. I like having that as a, as a thing. I think it's kind of cool. <laughs> nice. I like it. Very cool. Thank you. And thanks again, Mart1194 for submitting those uh, onto the next one. It's fast one. Uh, thank you very much. I don't think that's a name I've seen before. So thank you very much, Fast One, for sending in your questions for GJ Reggie. Um, GJ Fast One wants to know what variant of poker do you enjoy the most, and why? Um, what variant I enjoy the most of the of the mixed games? I really like I really like Triple Draw or Deuce to Seven. I think uh, is uh, is a lot of fun. Solid I still pick. play. I still play more Holden than anything else, and I obviously love that as well. But of the uh, of the mix, I think the draw games are really fun. Okay. Any particular reason? Um, I I just think uh I don't know. It just it feels like almost such a complete deviation from how you think Hold'em should work. <laughs> mm. <laughs> that um that uh, it it almost makes it more interesting because you have to you have to think in like so many other different ways. That's that's how I feel anyway. <laughs> nice. I, I I like it because you know in, in Hold'em you know or in like flop games or stud games. The cards you have, those are the cards you're getting. That's it. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, at least I have another chance to get different cards. Another one from Fast One. Have you found a way or perhaps what's your best way to deal with bad beats uh, that enables you to keep on playing your game? In other words, not to tilt. Um, I... Well, people ask me this quite a lot, actually, because a lot of people seem to tell me on stream that, um, I mean, you never tilt, you never get angry. Like, how do you do it? And this is going to sound terrible, but I, uh, I have a really like bad memory for like remembering poker hands. Huh. So <laughs> this, and I, I know it sounds kind of ridiculous really, but, um, it's almost like once the hand is over and it's happened, I've sort of, it, uh, like forget about it very 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 quickly so it's um it's easy for me to like not dwell on the fact that it was a bad beat or that uh or that that's what's um that's what's happened and i don't know if it's sort of the nature of multi-tabling or streaming that you've got a lot of a lot of other things to uh to focus on but once i'm once i'm all in that's kind of like it's so once I've sort of put all the chips in the middle and whatever happens happens. Um, I, I don't tend to necessarily think too much about exactly which way, um, the result went because I, 
all the decisions that I wanted to make up until that point have have already happened. And mm. the result is sort of the result as it is. I know it's hard for a lot of people to sort of discount the fact that they've, they've just been bad beat. And, um, uh, and especially when you're like a little bit emotionally invested, of course, because you want to win. Sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's not a very good answer because I don't think that's something you can practice to kind of forget, forget about what happened. But on the other hand, I do think it's a very healthy outlook. You know, like if right. you can go ahead and yeah. sort of reframe your approach to poker in that way, like tilt almost becomes a non-issue. You know, so like <laughs> that's, uh, you know, really like, you know, I don't know. I, I don't think that's a bad answer at all, honestly. I, I really like to right. reframe that. Uh, you know, someone actually once told me, um, I believe it was Elliot Lazar, he says, once you've bought into the tournament, it doesn't mm. matter how much money anyone else has. You've made that decision. The money's gone. Yeah. Just play with the chips. So it kind of like uh, resonates with what you had said. I like that. Um, <laughs> one more from Fast One. Uh, what is your favorite board game, GJ? My favorite board game? Well, at the moment, I've been playing a lot of backgammon. Um, I I was taught how to play backgammon in uh, in Prague. Um, one of my friends he uh, he bought a backgammon set there with him and was teaching everyone how to play. And I've become a little bit obsessed <laughs> with uh, with it. So uh, so yeah, right now it would I would definitely have to say backgammon. Okay, fair double sixes. Uh, we got Acid Burn FX as our next question asker. We got uh, oh we got a few, so we'll try to get through them quickly. Um, what oh I like that. I always ask creative questions. Um, what is the one thing you wish could exist but doesn't at the moment, and why? Huh? Great question. One Thank thing, you, Acid Burn Events. One thing that I wish that I, I guess this doesn't have to be related to to, to poker. In, no, it does uh, not. In any way. Um. Uh, <laughs> this is. Well, I, I think with um, I think with all like the traveling that I've been doing for live events and things recently, it like something like teleportation would come in really handy. Nice. <laughs> would I be like kind of nice because uh, yeah, I think uh, my my sort of least favorite part of um, going to live events and things is the like physical traveling from destination to destination. That's fair. Yeah, security it's lines like... are not always so fun. That's true. <laughs> Yeah, and and a lot of time it just takes a takes a long time. It would be great if I could just be here and then be there. So like that's you know what that's what I'm gonna go with. Good answer, good answer. <laughs> I like that. Uh, another one from Acid Burn FX. What celebrity would you most like to switch lives with, and why? Um, hmm. Try to change gears like we do at the poker table. Good question. Yeah, that's that's a tough one because I I don't really um. I don't really like follow a lot of uh, sort of fam famous people in celebrity culture and things. I'm really terrible when it comes to um, fil like t films and TV and, and knowing who actors. In the F1 and world, though, in the in the F1 <laughs> world, um, hmm. Let me think. Um, yeah, I. I don't. I don't really know. It's so it's so hard to think of uh, of people that I would be um, curious to see the live so The F one world it does seem like kind of kind of crazy um, uh, at the at the moment, um, and like that lifestyle. I don't know. This is really hard. <laughs> that's fine. Well, to me, it's an indication you're very happy being yourself and with your own life. So that's a good thing. Um, yeah, I guess so. Okay, we will move on to Crystals. Uh, Crystals, who we actually interviewed, I believe it was episode number 100 and 
12, okay. I think, uh, Chris Robinson, mm-hmm. who, uh, you know, very kindly always submits some questions. Um, can you describe the experience playing poker in the Bahamas, including awarding a platinum pass to Elizabeth Bartlett? Were you nervous before making that presentation? Um, the, I mean, the Bahamas, the, it was, uh, was really great in terms of, uh, in terms of playing, I think particularly because of the, because of the PSPC and, um, the, all the hype surrounding that was, uh, was great. And, uh, I was in the room, you know, when it was announced when Bruce Buffer was on the, the microphone and, uh, kicked off the whole thing and just the way everyone like cheered and you know, just started, you know, there was this, um, uh, like amazing atmosphere in the air that you could feel that everyone was like, wow, this is actually happening. Uh, so it was, it was a really great experience playing in the, in the Bahamas. Um, I had a lot of fun uh, doing so in terms of the, um, in terms of the platinum pass for Elizabeth, it's kind of uh, funny. I, I was playing the PSPC at the time and, um, I, uh, I got a message on, I got a message on my phone asking if I could come to the staff room during my break. So I, I actually had no idea what was going on at this point. I was just, you know, just I was just playing. I was just playing the PSPC. So I, I went, um, I went uh, during my um, during my break to um, to the uh, to the staff room, and uh, they sort of told me what their what their plan was at this point. They were like, uh-huh. okay, you know what? We'd really love to give Elizabeth a, a platinum pass. I know you two are playing heads up later. I think it'd be a great story if she kind of comes play. Um, and uh, they were trying to get in touch with her at this point. So I don't think she knew she was going to get a platinum pass yet. Oh, that's so cool. they were trying to, they were trying to get in touch with her, trying to reach out to her to, um, and they wanted it to be a surprise, uh, of course. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I think, um, uh, I think it got to the point where they managed to get a hold of her, but because, um, but she, she didn't like sort of seem that keen to, come down to the poker room because you know busy doing something else whether that was on the beach or whatever so eventually i think they actually um uh had to um uh sort of tell her that uh that they were gonna be awarding her kind of pass <laughs> at which point at which point she was you know kind of going kind of crazy sure, um naturally and then i don't think it was up until the break after that actually that i physically awarded the pass uh to her that she sort of i don't know made her way down and uh it was just really nice because obviously i'd spent all day playing with elizabeth the um the day before uh and uh yeah so i, I didn't really need to prep for it but i think it was really it was just a really nice moment for me to be able to share that with uh, with her and knowing that we were going to play for a trophy later later that day as well. I I really I know she made through day one, so I was really happy for her. And yeah, to be able to give someone an opportunity like that is it's always going to feel pretty special. It's been always amazing to see the delight on uh, someone's face. <laughs> uh, we got yeah. two more question askers to get through. Uh, BLK Money Twelve, another new name. Thank you so much uh, for submitting your questions. Uh, and then we'll be wrapping this up. Um, BLK Monkey 12, Money 12 uh, asks, GJ, uh, you made, if I recall, three or four final tables in major events, whether they were online or live from last year's. Uh, how did those experiences help you this year win the PCA women's event? Um, so, uh, Money BLK is actually someone, uh, a name I know from uh, stream, oh. which is kind of cool. <laughs> oh, wow. There you go. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I think, I think they definitely helped, um, in the PC. I think probably more so the eight game final table in some ways than necessarily the online FTs, just because, 
Um, playing playing live does feel a lot different to playing online and having had like a final like, table experience live. I think um, just, uh, yeah, the more you do something, the more relaxed you feel, the more confident you feel. So mm. the fact that this wasn't my first time at a live FT, I think, um, I think helps. Uh, and yeah, I just... Um, just in general, the the experiences from previous just give you a little bit more confidence. Like, you know, you, you're like, I've done this before. I've been here before. I can I can do it again. Let's get the win this time. So I think in terms of confidence, I think that's the biggest thing that it uh, that it helps with. And then after that, it's just trying to remember, you know, how to play the cards right. <laughs> right. Very good. Okay, cool. Um, and our last one, uh, Love Poker, L-U-V-E Poker. Uh, has a couple for you. I really like these questions. I want that's why I put uh, okay. Love Poker's questions last. It's good notes on which to end off. Um, one that I forgot to ask myself. Um, I see your ambassador for Poker Stars. That's so cool. How did that opportunity come about in the first place? Uh, that was pretty much just through just through streaming. Uh, was okay. how um, uh, Poker Stars approached me. So there was a competition a while back, um, a streaming competition called the Platinum Pass Adventure, which uh, was run by Poker Stars in conjunction with um, Jason Somerville and Run It Up. So they were awarding a platinum pass for the first Bahamas um, to what they sort of called the next great poker Twitch streamer. Um, and I decided to enter the competition um, because I thought I had just kind of uh, dabbled with the idea of maybe trying streaming before. And I thought, well, if I'm not going to try it to try and win a platinum pass, then I'm sort of never going <laughs> to try streaming. Uh, I entered that competition. And I think that's sort of when PokerStars first I, I sort of first got on the radar just because um, just through that and um, uh, the exposure that that competition got me. And then once that was over, like I, I didn't win or anything, but I carried on streaming. We kept mm. going because we had a lot of fun with it. Um, I, yeah, PokerStars reached out to to myself um, and uh, asked if I would be interested in joining the team. <laughs> cool. Great story. It's always good to know the origin story. Um, and our last one. Uh, this is like, again, I feel like this could have some far reaching impact uh, beyond just this question. Uh, love Poker says, my niece is falling in love with poker and she wants to play more when she is older. Yes, that's her uncle's fault. What advice <laughs> would you give to the young women who are looking to get more involved in the game? Um, I think... Uh... I think in terms of getting involved in the in the game, it's um, a, a lot of it is kind of uh, you know if you if you love the game, it's it's a great opportunity to kind of um, uh, study more about the game, try and improve uh, improve your skills at the game, and then I think making sure that you're um, confident at the table uh, when uh, when you're playing as well because it's. Um, I don't know how you practice that, but, uh, but yeah, if you do really love the game, I would just, I would like try and keep practicing at it, try and build your confidence in playing the game, try and build your confidence in an environment where there's going to be, uh, you know, a lot of other people playing. And then the last one would just be to, to find other people who also love the game <laughs> as well, be it uh, other women or, um, other friends, because having, having like a support system like that with uh, friends and community or something, being able to be involved in that, I think, um, I think it kind of keeps you around for longer, makes you love the game a little bit more because of all the other people that you that you know in it so if you can um if you can find people to kind of go on that journey with do do uh, and play and learn and love poker like together i think uh i think you'll stay, you know you'll you'll be in good uh good company 
For sure. And so long as uh, you know you can maintain that love for the game, you'll be in uh, you'll be in poker for a very very long time. That's the beauty. You love the game. The game uh, gives its love right back to you, um, folks. Thank you so much for sending in questions to GJ Reggie. Again, a friendly reminder to our Cards Chat community. We'd love to see you submit your questions for our future podcast guests in the dedicated thread on the forums. Guys, please give us a good review on iTunes and spread the word via your social media channels if you like the show. Uh, GJ, before I let you go, is there anything else you'd like to share uh, with the Cards Chat audience? Um, no, I've had a I've had a great time. It's really great to to finally meet and uh, chat to yourself, Robbie. Thank and, you. Uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully, I'll see you at the mixed games felt uh, again soon. <laughs> and heads up, I hope for for the Spady. Yeah, <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> that would be really special, and I definitely uh, agree. This has been a delight. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you to all of you uh, uh, who tuned in once again to another episode of the Cards Chat Podcast. I'm Robbie Straczynski. You can find me and follow me on Twitter at Card Player Life. I wish you all a wonderful day. Cards Chat, the friendliest poker podcast in town from the world's number one poker community.